0: Uh, so, Ken, you know, before getting into the, the actual content of the speech, this might seem like a small aspect, but you were there in the room and might have been able to gauge the, the temperature better than those watching online. What was the tone of the speech? Was it hopeful, prideful, defiant? Because yeah, the governor, for at least the first part of this year, will have to deal with a, a tied house, which I'm sure she's not thrilled with. So how did her speech come off to you?
1: Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you, uh, Nick. What what I heard and what I didn't want to have to hear was uh, Whitmer's uh, presidential campaign speech. You know that that's exactly what it was. You know there were uh, there was absolutely no tangible pro- uh, proposals to help Michigan families in there. You know instead, basically what I heard sitting in that room was a made for TV uh, press nut. Uh, you know that celebrated uh, her wins of the past and didn't really talk about uh, how she was going to work with the legislature to to solve you know some of the serious problems we have here in the state.
0: So I, I did want to highlight the the policies Whitmer laid out for the listeners. If you just bear with me for a, for a minute, because I want to talk to them um, talk to to you about these uh, policies she laid out. So she wants to spend uh, one point four billion dollars roughly to rehabilitate or build ten thousand housing units across the state wants to bring back and expand the Good Jobs for Michigan business incentives started by uh, her predecessor, Governor Snyder. Uh, this would provide an income tax capture for businesses that create at least 50 new jobs with annual wages exceeding 175% of the regional median income. Uh, there were two things that I'm going to kind of combine uh, that makes sense. Universal pre-K and free community college for high school graduates a $5,000 family caregiver tax credit to pay for counseling, transportation, and uh, nursing or respite services, the Michigan vehicle rebate plan, $25 million program that would offer up to $2,500 in rebates for drivers buying a new car, $1,000 for any vehicle, $2,000 for any electric vehicle, an extra $500 if the Car was union made. And then the road, she didn't announce any new plans, but called on the uh, DOT to authorize the final $700 million over $3.5 billion road bonding plan that began in 2020. So, what policy uh, kind of stood out to you or policies? Um, of all her proposals? Yeah. Like, what? what one do you think might be most detrimental to your district specifically? Oh man, I'll I'll tell you, I didn't hear anything in any of her policies
1: that was going to be helpful to my district whatsoever. I I think probably the really the the overall arching theme here is free, 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 and unfortunately, the people in my district are going to wind up paying for all these free things. Yeah, you know the free housing that that you talked about. You know the ten thousand houses. Somebody's got to pay for that, and who's going to pay for that? It's going to uh, it's going to be increases in rents. Uh, the people are paying now, it's going to be increases in mortgages. You know, the, the middle cl- uh, class, if these programs could even be pulled off, uh, are, are who's going to pay for that? And, and, of course, that's what I'm hearing in my district. You know, I'm hearing, uh, you know, can cost of groceries. I, I can't afford them anymore. Uh, you know, I'm looking at energy bills. You know, they're having all kinds of serious issues, and they certainly can't afford to have a tax increase on top of all that.
0: Well, because the thing that is kind of interesting to me is not only is someone's going to have to pay for all this, like you said, but that's not only on the front end, but on the back end. Uh, She kind of alluded to can't solving uh, global inflation issues. But one thing is for certain you can you can help mitigate that by not spending an astronomical amount of money. So not only are the taxpayers going to have to pay up front. But they're going to have to to pay on the back end, too, when the price of just everything goes up just beyond the things that, you know, if these plans do go through, that they're going to have to pay for the free college, the free pre-K, the 10,000 housing units, uh, the vehicle rebate plan. So this is going to bump up the cost of, of everything. Is that also something that you're hearing in your district, not just these specific policies?
1: No, no, absolutely. I'm hearing that. You know, people are concerned with actually the hidden taxes. I mean, we're all familiar with the taxes that are coming out of our paychecks, but uh, they forget about the hidden taxes that we're paying for energy costs. For for example, you know, the governor talked about uh, you know her green energy plans that we're going to be completely green by 2040. You know, we're looking at experimental technology here that we don't know what's, you know, how that's going to work. I mean, look what happened in Chicago last week. You know, uh, we get a cold snap and now all of a sudden the charging stations aren't working anymore. Uh, You know, we we just we need to be putting money into infrastructure, uh, you know, to continue to have a reliable form of energy. There's no way. Uh, we're going to be able to go forward with the governor's plans, with electric vehicles and and everything else she wants to do. And again, this all comes down to who's going to pay for it. It's going to be, you know, our average citizen, it's going to be you and I, we're going to pay through it through increased uh, energy bills, groceries, everything else. Yeah. I I like how the governor sort of sidestepped that, you know, there's no one person that can handle uh, or deal with inflation. Well, that came from a lot of uh, failed policies. And like you said, there's ways as a state that we can mitigate that, uh, bring people back into our state, you know, make it more affordable here, uh, and make it more desirable, you know, put some, put some money into, uh, into the darn roads that uh, she keeps talking about. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, they're holding back funds to do that. And there's not, uh, really hardly any money going into local roads. And those are the roads that you and I drive on every day.
0: Were there things in, uh, well, Were there things that she didn't mention in her speech that stood out to you? Because there were a couple that that actually stood out to me. But but to you, maybe specifically for your district or overall, were you kind of like, wow, I was surprised that she didn't talk about this because this is a really pressing, pressing issue
1: yeah nothing really specific uh i just wish she would have talked about more uh working together with the legislature i think that's probably one of the things that uh, i do here in my district you know they're tired of all the partisan nonsense that goes on out there you know they want us to sit down work together and solve some real problems. And that's what they're frustrated with. You know, they don't want to hear, you know, more negativity and more why we can't get things done. Uh, They just want us to work together. And uh, that's something that I wish the governor would have talked about, but she's not going to talk about that because uh, obviously through her administration, she has proven that she is totally unwilling to work with us on our side of the aisle. And uh, you know, as long as she knows that uh, she's got the majority, she uh, has no desire uh, to listen to anything we have to say, which is very unfortunate because we represent a tremendous,
0: uh, a tremendous amount of people here in in our state. So I mentioning what you just said, not wanting to work with uh, across the aisle uh, very much. She she has a split house right now. The thing is, there is going to be a special election pretty soon to fill those two seats. So what's the word down in Lansing as far as all these lofty goals that she put forth in uh, her state of the state address? Are they going to kind of be putting these on the back burner until they theoretically regain majority or are they actually going to she off? Is she interested in trying to, to work across the aisle to get some of these plans that she laid out in her state of the state address done? Or do you think that this is going to be delayed until they get, you know, kind of back to where they want to be?
1: Yeah, Nick, no, they, they've they made it very clear uh, to us that, uh, you know, some of these extreme proposals that, that they have, uh, they're, they're not going to come forward with those uh, until after the election. They're hoping to regain the majority. And then at that point, they'll be ramming those things, uh, you know, down our throats. But I'll tell you, every, including today, we should be in session today to uh, session was canceled. Uh, they just are totally unwilling to compromise, unwilling to work with us. So uh, they would rather just take the gavel and go home, and uh, hope that they regain majority so they can go back to doing what they were doing before and uh, just uh, running things past us that we're uh, totally unable to stop.
0: I want to kind of get back into the the policies specifically that she was talking about because there were there was just there's so much short-sightedness within them. From what which stood out to me. So, you know, putting aside the issue of the state offering uh, universal pre-K free community college, kind of like we've been talking about, no mention of, one, how much it's going to cost or how we're going to afford that. Uh, and then as the auto capital of the world, Michigan knows better, should know better. And we're actually seeing this in real time. Electric vehicles are not popular in the mass that they're they're trying to push out. Their Ford is cutting back production Pretty significantly, um, why are we offering rebates for new cars? The offer for buying a union-made car, five hundred dollars if it's union-made, seems suspicious to me during this election year. Poor people aren't usually ones that afford new cars, go out and purchase brand new cars, and and she barely touched on the roads. Uh, you mentioned that there was pretty much no new plan going forward for the roads, um, and they've continued to crumble despite her, you know, alleged best efforts. Now, these are just my thoughts from the from the outside. You're there in Lansing. Do you see that any differently?
1: Yeah, Nick, you know, you, you ask a great question, and that's the question we ask, too. How are we going to pay for all this stuff? You know, how are we going to pay for the roads? So, you know, they're having to offer rebates and all kinds of incentives for electric vehicles. Why? Because people just don't want them. They, they don't want them here in this state. They're not reliable. But yet uh, the governor continues to push that, and uh, so she's not able to come out and say, well, this is how I think we're going to pay for it. We're going to make these changes. Because as you know, in Lansing, we don't print money down here. And if we had the ability to, I wouldn't do it because we know what that does to inflation. But in order for us to pay for a program, we have to take that money from somebody. You know, we can't just make it up. So somebody's going to be hurt. So the governor's willing to pick those winners. She's willing to pick those losers uh, to try to pay for some of these things. But but I'll tell you, Nick, when it comes down to it, again, this is just all uh, Whitmer's presidential campaign rhetoric out there, and and none of these things are going to come to fruition. You know, we're we're, we're going to take back majority in the state, and we're and we're going to stop the bleeding here and right this ship.
0: Republicans have the opportunity early to band together to block some of these plans, if or anything, that is put forth before uh, any special election or the general election. Was there anything in the speech uh, you think Republicans are interested in working with the governor on? Well, I'm happy to sit down
1: and work with the governor on anything. I mean... Uh, I would love to be at the table and, and one by one, go through every single one of her proposals and hear exactly how she plans on executing these. So, I, I mean, there, there, you know, anything that she talked about last night, there, there's nothing in there that, uh, that I would say, you know what, we're not even gonna talk about that, but we wanna hear more about it. Cause obviously she said a lot of things that are very popular, free, free, free. Well, we need to find out who's gonna pay for all this free, free, free. And I think that's probably uh, when the conversation will stop.
0: Sometimes the uh, the topics that that Wimmer talked about in her speech, you know, they highlight an issue of affordable housing, and she has a completely different way than Republicans, um, and how to solve that issue. And sometimes there were there were some things last night, as we kind of alluded to, that weren't mentioned that are still important issues facing our state. But what do Republicans, alternatively, want to focus on in 2024, um, as you guys are back in session?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Though. We're actually, uh, you know, we're we're gonna be more proactive. Unfortunately, with us not having the majority, we've had to try to be reactive to, uh, you know, what the Dems plans were, but uh, we're actually uh, working on our complete uh, platform right now. I'm getting a lot of feedback from people in district, uh, you know, finding out exactly what's important to them, what we need to do. And uh, even though the Democrats have canceled session for all next week, uh, the Republicans, we are getting together and uh, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna work on those things. I've actually, I'm on the appropriations committee. So I've been down here pretty much every week working on the budget. And uh, we're, uh, we're taking a good, hard look at that, trying to figure out, you know, really uh, what we need to continue to fund, you know, what's working, what's not working. And uh, we don't have that $9 billion that we left to the Democrats that they spent every dime of it uh, going forward. So it, it's going to be a tough year for the budget, but uh, we're committed to, uh, to making the cuts that we need to make.
0: Republicans have their goals, like you just laid out, as a body. You represent the 105th. What are priorities you have for your district? What are you hearing from specifically from your constituents that they want you to bring to the table to the Republicans as a as a whole uh, for 2024?
1: Yeah, Nick, what I'm hearing uh, mostly from the people in my district, and I love the 105th, you know, as as you know, it's a, uh, Grayling, Gaylord, Houghton Lake, Lake City, Mayo, uh, the people up there. They want their way of life protected. They're, they fear what's been going on. They fear that, uh, you know, that their gun rights are being taken away. They, they just fear a lot of the things that make living in northern Michigan a, a great experience, uh, that that's, that, that, that's going to be stopped. And I, I think that's what they want to hear from me. I, I'm not hearing, hey, Ken, we need you to go down there. We need you to, to pass these laws. we need you know to put more restrictions. No they they want to make sure that you know public safety is taken care of. And uh, they just want to continue to live the life that we all love in Northern Michigan and that's that's what I'm down here trying to do.
0: It's interesting because you're you're a state official, obviously a state elected official. and there's been a lot of uh, talk recently. I was actually just had a conversation with a representative from Citizens for Local Choice uh, regarding their uh, proposed ballot initiative you uh, get the uh, the wind and solar decisions back away from the Michigan Public Service Commission and back into the hands of local government. How often do uh, constituents come up to you, you know, and it's kind of a bit of an irony because, again, you are a state representative, but they're, hey, we'd like a lot of these decisions to come back to our local communities, to our cities, to our townships, to our counties. How do you facilitate that? And is that something that they're actually asking about to you or what other avenues to to bring power back away from the state, back to to local governments.
1: Yeah, they they actually are asking that. In fact, as you know, I come from local government. You know, I was a county commissioner for 10 years there in Otsego County. Uh, I did a lot of work with townships. I was liaison to the townships. So I I remember the frustration of having to deal with state government, you know, that were handing mandates down to us that made absolutely no sense. Uh, I mean, let's face it, you know, Lansing loves their one size fits all bills and laws. Uh, you know, something that works in the, the inner city of Detroit does not work in Northern Michigan. So I, I've come out very strong and very much in favor of local control. Uh, you know, for uh, certainly, you know, wind and solar siting. I've I've talked with the uh, energy producers out there. That you know, they get it. Uh, sure, they'd love to just deal with the MPSC and, and let the uh, the hammer of the state come down and make the decision. But when it comes right down to it, they don't mind uh, dealing with the locals. You know, uh, very often a number of these people live in that community, and and it and it's important. So yeah, that that is something I'm hearing. That's something I'll continue to fight for and uh, make sure that uh, every community in my district has a say in in any issues, especially when it comes to mandates from the state.
0: As Republicans and as you are kind of helping develop the plans for Republicans moving forward for this year, how can constituents contact you to chime in on what they are, what they're feeling is uh, super important for this year and the years ahead?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, even though we're not in session, uh, we're here. We're here every day. My staff's here every day and uh we love to help people i you know as I often tell people, if you're having an issue with the state, don't try to take it on yourself there's There's so much red tape that the departments will just wear you down so reach out to me and then the best way to get a hold of me is uh through my uh, website, which is rep and from there, all my contact informations there uh you can sign up for my newsletter if you want to find out exactly what I'm working on and uh yeah, you'll have my email address, my phone number, and uh We'll be happy to uh, work on any issues you may be having.
0: We're speaking with State Representative Ken Borton of the 105th District. Ken, thank you for making the time to join us today and kind of breaking down this speech and uh, what the Republicans uh, are looking forward to do as well in 2024.
1: Yeah, thank you, Nick. Always a pleasure to talk with you.